apostolic revolution. Good morning. Let's give God a praise offering real quick. Come on. Something God's been burning in me for uh, a long time now is what we've been doing for years. The reason why the Summit Church exploded so fast. Um, the power of a name. The power of knowing who you are. Meeting with the team in Dallas about, they were HDs, student ministries. But the problem with HD is, it means high definition, okay, whatever. But it doesn't define who they are. It says nothing. But what's popular today and what's taking place today is one name things. If I look at you and say I'm going to the bank, you automatically know where I'm going. We'll say, hey, we're going to run up the store. You know where we're going. I'm going to the game. You know where we're going. If I'm going to the Highlands, you know, you can picture in your mind Highlands. If I'm going to the summit, you see the summit. If I'm going to Trinity, you know what Trinity is. Are you following me so far? So there's so much in branding who you are. So I want to talk today as I wrote this out and I had a good friend of mine, uh, Lyle Mercer, who is a PR and a talent agent from uh, uh, Australia. And we've been friends for many years and used to serve on my board. And he's back in Australia now, very, very successful. The, the girl that sailed around the world, he represents her and all this kind of stuff. And I asked him to help me with it. And I've asked Karen to help me. Uh, teach this to you guys today because here this is something that is so massive and so huge in leading not a youth ministry but leading a what anybody know what i'm going to say next a movement understanding that your youth ministry is not just about your church your youth ministry your vision your calling mercy seat ministries when you say mercy seat ministries people think of pat but it's what's big right now is the HD Student Ministries meets in this building called Something Something Arena. So I said, what if we change the name to the arena? Like the basement. Like Reading. Like Jesus Culture. Where it would be known rather than HD Student Ministries. You walk up to somebody at the school and you say, hey, I'm going to HD. What is that? But if you say, I'm going to the arena, do you already get a mindset of what that means? Because you think of Rome think of Christians dying. You think of battles. You think of uh, the warriors. So we were able to, in one meeting, take and rebrand their whole plan. I get a text from Madhu last night, Robert Madhu. I get a text from uh, Matt Robertson, who's the youth pastor. I get a text from Pastor Jim last night and from Nate. They said the arena at least 15 times in the service because they're trying to change the mindset. And I helped them get that. He said, you wouldn't believe it. Kids are like, the arena. We're going to the arena. The arena. So my goal is for the next few minutes is to teach you guys about something called branding and what branding means and what it means to to have a brand. And what you got to realize is, as I move into this, I called this branding the vision. Now, follow me. The word branding literally means the desire to authenticate, manufacture and publicly proclaim your vision or idea. I'm going to read you two verses that are unbelievable about advertising, PR and branding. The reason why ministries are known, not just because of a movement, they're going somewhere and kids are coming to it, but when the basement started, it started four guys in a basement, that it began to grow and all you had to say was the basement. It took on a different meaning than your own home. Does that make sense? The stadium in Modesto, California. I've preached there many times that that big youth, it's a movement. The ammo conference comes out of that. Ammo. Ammunition conference, the stadium, getting and understanding whether you're starting a business or whether you um, 
have a dream to travel or you start a ministry or whatever it is, branding has to play into everything you do. There's a lot of brands out there. You know, when you say the term McDonald's at one point, that was a man's name. But now you know what it means. It's something different. Walmart says everything. Branding your vision, getting it out there. Now watch as I move into this. Uh, the Bible says in Proverbs 29:18 in the Message Bible, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. I love this. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. Is it possible to create a brand and vision that could change cultures, environments, and lives? It is an unholy to create a plan for your vision. But years ago, we were taught, oh, God, if God wants people here, he'll get them here. You know, if we just we just keep doing what we're doing, that's why those churches never grew. Listen, if you believe in your vision, you got to preach it more than anybody else. I'll push my product on my table. You know why? Because I believe in it. I would listen to it. I believe in the thousands of hours on that table that were put into that. That didn't all just pop up and go, poof, there it is. 70-something series or whatever we have. Same thing with my book. I'm going to push it like you ain't seen nothing pushed. Why? Because I believe in what I'm doing. It's called branding who you are, believing who you are. So it isn't unholy to create a plan for your vision that gets the attention of the church world while developing a hook. Our goal is the church. Let's talk church or ministry is to develop a hook for the drive-by seeker. I didn't say lost or the drive-by lost person. People go, well, do you want people from other churches coming to your church? Sure. Why not? If they're not getting fed. Or if God's trying to transition their spiritual address, absolutely. That doesn't make you popular with people, but that's not my problem. If we have something that's doing it and changing lives, then I don't care. It's not my, it's not my issue. Take it up with God. See, Habakkuk 2.2, this is awesome. Best PR scripture I've ever read. Message Bible. And then God answered, write this, write what you see, write it out in big block letters. So that it can be read on the run. Well, that's the rule. For PRing, for advertising. Less words, big sign. Right? I love this. This is actually in the Message Bible. This vision message is a witness pointing to what's coming. It aches for the coming. It can hardly wait, and it doesn't lie. If it seems slow in coming, wait. It's on its way. It will come right on time. This is talking about branding your, your vision. Listen, we've seen it done in every aspect of community. The vision or, or the church is no different. We've got to create an idea, a vision that sticks, whether it's a vision to love your city, serve your arena of influence, establish a safe place. That was our rule here at the summit. We became known. It all started on one Sunday morning. It came out of one thing, and I said, you're in a safe place where we are not here to build a church, but we're here to build people. People went crazy off that, and it became the theme of the summit. That Sunday morning when I preached that, didn't it? It became who we were. We laugh, we cry, we eat chocolate, girlfriends. It's who we are. Mercy seat ministry, rescue, revive, and restore a generation. That's who we are. So understand something. In the church arena, we must compete with the cultural noise out there and all the stuff. And 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 what you got to realize, there's a constant onslaught against our values and our belief system. And today's media uh, is mostly owned by secularists or, or social-driven groups who always have an agenda. And most of the time, it works against our core values. So you've got to be bold and proclaim who you are. Why can't the church have an agenda? I have an agenda. I want to depopulate hell and populate heaven. That's who I am. I have an agenda. 
And my agenda, our, that is my goal, is, is that I am in a war with hell for the very souls of mankind. We have the greatest agenda. It's bigger than doing war against Al-Qaeda. And so lately, man, I've seen it. Christian influence, social media has taken off. Everybody's Twittering their newest idea or they're websiting their blog or they're emailing their ideas or they're, or they're Facebooking their next big event. So it's starting to take off. We are branding. And I honestly believe that this generation is looking for churches and movements and youth ministries and Christian arenas that will proudly, boldly proclaim their truth, who we are. Advertise like freaks. When I was a youth pastor, you could not go to a corner of our city, major intersection, without seeing the name of our youth ministry on a park bench. I paid big money for those park benches. Had to go through the city to get them put out there. Everywhere you went, our students wore UR buttons to, to, to class. You are what? You are invited to Allies Youth Ministry. We branded. We put allies on everything. Every yearbook, every school newspaper knew allies. We touch carded everything. We ticketed everything. And what you got to realize, what in the world, if the gay and lesbian culture, the environmentalist movement can get so loud, if the secularist movement can, can, can be so loud, why can't we stand on the mountain of information that's in our high schools and our colleges and our universities and declare what we believe in? Why can't we stand up and say, the stadium. Why can't we stand up and say the basement? Why can't we stand up and say the arena? Why can't we stand up in Birmingham and say the summit? See, it's understanding. There's a reason why a Super Bowl ad cost uh, $1.5 million to $3 million for 30 seconds. They're trying to brand who they are. It's how GoDaddy.com got started. That There's a reason why they branded it. Geico gets it. They use a gecko, but they've got it. People look. They want to see. So I want to share with you some guidelines. Can I give you some guidelines for branding your vision? And if you're a youth pastor and you're listening to this, or you're a pastor and you're listening to this, or a business person, listen closely. I want to give you 12 guidelines for branding your vision. Then Karen's going to jump in. Number one, pray, dream, and consult. What works? Example, I said to the team the other day, HD is on its way out. We're already in 4D. In the next three years, the new generation of junior hires will have never really even, won't even know what it was like not to have an HDTV. So it's no big deal. And somebody said to me in a meeting, well, it's like TV. We still use the word TV. We still use the word computer. I said, sure, but it doesn't grab me. HD. Robert Madu said that his father is, I think he's from Kenya, said, my dad said we were on a trip one day and, and Robert Madu said they should, HD really stands for, and, and he said it in the African accent. It's so funny because he can mock his dad pretty good. He goes, it means, my son, it means hearers and doers of the word. And, 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 and it's awesome. You know, HD is great, but you've got to get a transcending generational statement. It's got to go farther than two years. You see what I'm saying? Uh, there, there was a time when when I used to have this this uh, organizer that I used. They don't even what was it? It was a no, not a day planner, but it was a computer. Uh, what was it? Palm, yeah, Palm Pilot. Nobody knows what those are anymore. So what if I'd have called my ministry Palm Pilot Ministry? People are like, what is that? So in other words, I'm saying find a name that transcends cultural change 
The summit will transcend forever any cultural change. The basement, cultural change, it transcends it. You get it. The arena will transcend. So follow me for a second. So pray, dream, and consult. Number two, ask yourself and your team, what do you want to be known most for in your city? Loving people, serving people, social justice, outreach, power, anointing. And you better be able to take all that and define it into who you are. And here's what I found out. You want to be known as a thriving place of encounter or a place that is known for loving everyone regardless of their past, their history, or uh, uh, what are you talking about? Establish what it is that creates the very pulse of your vision that empowers who you are. Number three, what is your pulse? Define and simplify it. Once you figure out who you are, define it, simplify it. Okay? We were able to do that in one meeting with the summit. The summit means place of important meeting and the highest points you can go. That's what we want to do. Bring people together and take them as high as they could possibly go. Everything defined under that one term. You get what I'm saying? All the other stuff, serving people, outreach, loving people, women's ministry, children's ministry, youth ministries, it all came underneath that and spread out. And so that's what we had to do. All right, make sure if your idea is borrowed, you've done the legwork to secure the right to use it. If somebody wants to use the summit, they're going to have to check with me if they want to be under our brand. Um, next, create the artwork that defines the vision. It may take five or six rewrites. I, these guys came in, a meeting I was in a couple of days ago to show me their brand, and I went, no, nope, change that, change that, change that. That looks like the head of some kind of monster. That looks stupid. That makes no sense. It looks like a diamond. It doesn't tell me what you are looking from a distance. I've got to be able to see 50 feet away and know who you are. They didn't like it. Well, that's the that's what you do when you do artwork. You define it. You keep working on it, right? Keep it simple, easy to read on the go. That's the that's the rule for it. Leaving the passer with curiosity, but also understanding. Anybody passing by should have curiosity, but they also get it. When we did our when we started doing all of our yard signs, we launched the summit, and I bought the website. There's got to be more dot com. Well, if you type that in, there's got to be more dot com. It went right to the summit. Because I was, that was the answer at the end of that. What has got, they're going, what's there's got to be more.com? The summit. Um, make the, the, sure the vision is simplistic in nature, but deep in meaning. Simple, but deep. The summit. Simple, but deep. The arena. Simple, but can keep going for miles. The basement. Simple, but deep. See what I'm saying? And don't be afraid to ask somebody to give you a name. Don't, don't be afraid to, to ask somebody to help you. Um, number seven, many times the brand will come from the heart of a leader or team. It can be a sudden vision that comes or is birthed over a long period of consistent ministry. Jim Hennessy came up with their core values about two years ago. After 15 years of pastoring, he finally got his core values. It took him that long to get four major values. It took me an afternoon. But it was actually didn't take me an afternoon. It took many years of traveling the world, and it all came together in one afternoon. So it's not going to come to you overnight when you, you know, what your what your brand is going to be. Um, develop a plan and a calendar that will answer the brand. In other words, if you're going to brand something, meet up to its expectations of what you're doing, or else it'll die. 
Get as many as possible on board who can begin to help in the best way of advertising. Word of mouth. In other words, sell your vision to your inner circle. Excitement always starts at the core. Sell your vision to your inner circle. And that inner core group, every great revolution started with one single act of defiance. And most great revolutions start with just a few people around a table, around a candle, secretly meeting. Every great war started that way. Somewhere in the bowels of the Pentagon, we struck Iraq. We struck Afghanistan. It didn't start with us having a rally. They sat around a table, generals and leaders, and said, here's what we got to do to go overthrow Saddam. See what I'm saying? Now, here's a big one. If you're keeping numbers up, I'm at number 11, but I'm not necessarily calling out my numbers. Uh, sell it to you. Sell it to you. How we push the vision and brand truly determines its success. Does it mean you have to stretch and put on a new wineskin? Sometimes. If you've always been a guy that all you thought about was making sure that your service was important, you're going to have to have a tough time branding outreach. It's going to be hard for you because the most important thing to you is that big service. Well, it's got to be bigger than the service now. So you may have to sell it to you. You may have to stretch and put on a new wineskin. The greatest hindrance to a vision is when the leader sends mixed messages. Sometimes we ourselves must be willing to die on the hill. And then number 12, your brand should emulate the ultimate goal of your vision. The summit, the ultimate goal of the vision was to get everybody at the next level. See? Many times people brand off their history. A church that's been doing it for 75 years. That tells me nothing about tomorrow. A church, a ministry that's been going for 25 years. So, tell me about my today and my tomorrow. Your brand should declare your today and your tomorrow. You can build into it somewhere in the corner, established in, you know, 1801. I don't care if you do that, but we really don't care unless you're selling me a product. Longevity matters when you're selling a product. You know, when Johnson & Johnson's been in business since 1911, that's important to me. Because they've done it right. Ford. 1906. You know, whatever. That's important. But we're not selling a product. We're branding a vision. So don't tell me what you did the last 75 years. Tell me what you're going to do the next 75 years. See what I'm saying? That's the rules for branding a vision right there. Now, I've asked Karen to talk to you for a few moments uh, just about practical rules for branding. Go ahead, sweetheart. And everything, and you have to, you know, seek God on that vision and everything. But there are practical things involved as well that you have to do in order to get that that branding across to other people and everything. And so you've got to use your, you know, your mind and come up with, you know, an idea, a plan to get that brand across to other people. And so the first thing that you have to do is your brand must be authentic. It must be you. It must reflect your values and your passion. Because if you don't believe it, nobody else is going to believe it. Yeah. Because with Girlfriends, we created something that I had a passion for. And people saw that I was passionate about it, and they caught hold of that passion. If you don't believe in your vision, nobody else is going to believe. And if you're just doing it to do it, just to come up with something, don't expect anyone else to jump in line and follow you with it. The second thing is there is no right or wrong way to do ministry, just as there is no right or wrong way to do church. However, the values and principles cross all styles and methods because the values stay the same, 
but the way we present it to be relevant for today's generation, that changes. Our values and our principles never change. You just integrate those into things that are relevant for today and everything. So number three, if all you do is copy others, you are not being true to yourself or obedient to God. It's okay to get ideas from others. But God has called you to be you. Don't be a cheap imitation of a great original. Be the original. So you can glean all you can from everyone else. Get ideas. I got ideas about girlfriends. We got, you know, everything. But then make it your own. Own it. Make it you. Make it the passion and the the vision that God has given you. And, you know, and just incorporate those ideas into that vision. God knows your market. Are you targeting Christians or the unchurched? I see a community identity as one that connects with the community. So speak and act in a way that the community understands. You see, we have to, when we're creating, when we were creating culture for the summit, we said that we want to be a church that the community sees and knows that they can trust, knows that we're real, knows that... so. You know, the whole idea of just being churchy and using church terms and using, you know, all this stuff. People in the world don't understand those things. Tell me how you're going to change me. Don't tell me how I'm expected to line up with you. Tell me what you got to offer me. Tell me how you can help my family. They're done with come in, serve, be here at 10 a.m. on Sunday, 6 p.m. on Sunday night, 7 p.m. on Wednesday night. You serve your way into the kingdom. No, 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 not this generation. Tell me what you're going to be able to do to help me keep my marriage together and keep my kids out of jail. We wanted to create a culture that when they came in on Sunday, we gave them something to take home to deal with issues on Monday. We weren't just going to have them come in just for a nice little service. We wanted them to see that we're real people living real lives. We can relate to that. And so we're trying to, we tried to create a culture to let them know you don't have to be in this little bubble to be a Christian. Relate to your community. And so do you want to preach at people or connect with them? Jesus connected and so should we. You see, I don't want to just go, we don't want to just go in and create a culture in church where people just come in and you're just shouting at them, shouting scripture at them. You want to come in, just as Pastor was saying, and that you want them to leave with something to chew on and something to take with them throughout the whole week. You want to connect with them into their lives, connect with them on how to handle situations in their marriage, how to handle situations with their children, how to handle situations at work. You want to connect with them and let them realize that you are in the same life, that you're living the same life. And so connection takes understanding. Don't pretend to understand the way the unchurched thinks if you never associate with them. If you have gone from school to Bible college to church ministry, you probably have very little understanding of the way unbelievers think. Church description of cool is not enough if you want to connect with the unchurched. Because the unchurched doesn't think of church as cool. And so you have to be able to connect with them and to think like they do with your branding, with your, you know, you know, with the things that you're going to do, if you call it, you know, 
your church, you know, holy, biblical, whatever, you know, people outside, they're like, oh, I don't want anything to do with that. Right. But when you come up with a brand like the basement, the summit, the arena, that, you know, all of this stuff, well, it draws of, curiosity because it's something they can relate to. Yeah, it's the rule of removing the religious mockery. Yeah. I want to, re- when they say the summit, they can't mock that. If they say first church on the corner of 12, apostolic, revolution, biblical faith, household of, of power, they're going, what? No, really. You, you gotta remove the weapon of the, that the, that the enemy will use to make us look religious. And that goes along with how you're marketing, your website, your billboards that you put up. If everything is in King James, you know, you're not relating to the community in which you live in. It's about being on a level that they can understand. People want realness. People want something on their level. People want to know that I am an intelligent enough to understand this thing. And so you have to be able to relate to them. Is your marketing directed at Christians or the unchurched? If you think awesome worship is a term that will attract the unchurched, this is a sure sign that you are on the wrong track. Because they don't care if you have awesome worship. They just want to know. Very term to them. For the totally unchurched makes them think you're going to sacrifice an animal. They don't care about awesome worship. Or that they have been taught awesome, that awesome, awesome worship, worship. You don't know what awesome worship is. Because true awesome worship is you actually getting an understanding of God working in your life. And you worship. And so, you know, your terminology, all of those things are important, and you have to take those into consideration. Connecting with the community means to accept people, whoever they are and whatever they are into. It means to rise above judgment and understand that they are being true to their worldview and have different priorities and values. As a Christian leader, as Christian leaders, our role is to respect other people and where they're at in life and not degrade them. This doesn't mean that we have to share their views and values. On the contrary, we need to be influencers of the truth. But the first step to influence is respect for people. If every time you approach everything you do in your marketing for your church and everything as a slam to the unbeliever, then those people are never going to step foot into your church. That's the whole rule of trying to clean somebody before you catch them. And there are churches that actually, I forget what denomination it is, that when you walk in, you're stamped with either you're a seeker or a believer. If you have a mustache. Yeah. Which I agree with now because mustaches (laughs) are gross. But but no. (laughs) No, they really do. But it's about respecting people at the summit. Yeah, at the summit, we said. We don't care who you are. We may shock you. We want the homosexual to come into our church. We want the prostitute to come into our church. We want the dirty, the stinky, the drug addict to come into the church because if they can't come in here, where can they go? And so we believe enough in what we were creating in this place, and we believe in enough of what of God that we believe if they come into this place, we want everyone we want the abused. We want all of those people, and we target that in all of our stuff because we happen to believe if they walk in here, then through lifestyle, seeing others in true relationship with God, then their lives will be well, changed. Well, again, it comes back to branding. We believe in our brand. Yeah. We know who we are. We stand by our brand. I'll get into that in just a moment. Yeah. The next one is know your message. 
everyone has a message that they are passionate about. And we believe that the church's message is that they are the connection point between the world and eternity. And that we have to live our lives of connection, not condemnation. See, we want that to be the message. What is your message? We want the message to be that the church is a representation. We are that connection point between the world and eternity. We are not judging them. We're not God. We're their connection point. We're showing them. We're representing Christ. So your message becomes your brand. It must be reflected in everything you do, the words you use, the graphics in your logo, and the programs you operate. The leader sets the culture and the message and the course. Your leaders will follow you and eventually reflect that culture that you set. If you believe in the branding that you are setting, then those around you will eventually catch hold of that and will run with it, and they will represent that brand as well. But you have to believe in it first. Don't allow others to vary your message or culture. When people come in and you have a vision, God's given you a vision, and that culture that you were creating in your ministry. If they see things differently, allow them, even encourage them to go a different route because you don't want them detouring your message, your culture that you are trying to create in your church because encourage them to take a different course because your culture, your direction and message is non-negotiable because this is the message and culture that God has put in your heart. And so you can't negotiate that with other people. And think of youth ministry and churches that are huge and doing great things. They are originals. They didn't follow someone else's path, but blazed their own trails. And this is what separates the remembered from the forgotten. Do things that relate to your community. Be a part of bigger community projects and events. Promote what you do through local media. What do you mean? Look at yourself and your ministry through the eyes of an unbeliever and ask if you'd be interested. If I wasn't saved, would I want to come here? Now, let's wrap this up by giving this to you. I want to give you some ways to implement the plan. How do you start the brand? Because I don't know about you, but I like mechanics. I like to know how to do something. All right, this is all good, Pat and Karen, but tell me how to do it. Number one, begin to put the brand in place via meetings, services, encounters, gatherings that resemble what you plan to brand. In other words... Be doing it before you ever reveal it. You don't reveal it and decide to do it. You should be doing it and then bring it into being. That's why when you're launching a church, you don't just launch a church on a Sunday morning. You have meetings after meetings and gatherings and secret gatherings and private gatherings. And so that when you do launch, everything's in place. Your brand is right out there. If you decide to brand after you launch, you're going nowhere. And just like you wouldn't say that you're a church that loves people if you haven't already been loving people in your community right that's why we exploded because we for two years had already loved the city we had served parked cars worked at events they knew who we were before we ever started number two let your plan begin to grow by constant communication constantly saying who you are it needs to be in everything you say your service order in your sermons in your messages if it's your business in your advertising when you answer the phone Hey, this is who we are, okay? Number three, once the artwork is in place, bombard all of your avenues of influence, marketplace, web traffic, street traffic. You only have one launch. 
You only only have one time to get out. Now, we we relaunched like four times because we did it deliberately. Some people have said you can have, but you really have only have one first launch. Now, we relaunched over time. Every time we launched into a new building, we relaunched. We wanted to. We had a party every time for it. We grew every time from it. Number three, once the artwork is in place, okay, number four, have others model the vision by way of communication, T-shirts, bracelets, touch cards, texting, social media. Number five, create the right signage, banners, yard signs, create excitement. People don't advertise it because they think it's expensive. You can make 5,000 touch cards for $250. You can make a banner for $150. You can make bracelets. You can order 100 for, I don't know, $30. I don't know. But what I'm saying is you, we, we never did billboards. We had human billboards where people held signs up, but we bannered, yard signed. We went crazy on small stuff. We yard signed like crazy. Um, uh, Number six, let your theme be known at every level. Act it out at every level. Create ways to be seen, heard, and watched. Number seven, guard your brand from outside interference. In other words, make sure that you own your brand. Don't let anybody take it from you. Your brand defines your mission statement. Number eight. Constantly look for ways to improve your brand. Your brand should grow. It is a living being. It is a living, active being. Number nine, constantly look for ways to improve your, or number eight, excuse me. Um, your, number nine, your brand should say everything there is to know about you. I've already hit that. But, 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 how does the summit say everything? If they start thinking they're driving on the road, summit is the highest point. It's also one of, president has a summit it means a secret meeting a gathering of the brilliant minds exactly okay number 10 never be afraid of overexposure this is big now because it's going to run in the face of your religious spirit that says i don't want to look like i'm pushing myself why not hey listen turn on any sitcom and you'll see the gay and lesbian movement pushing themselves on you watch any disney commercial and you'll see the environmental movement pushing themselves on you which by the way i believe is a complete ripoff so why should I not, if I, hey, if people get tired of hearing it, they don't have to listen. But I'm going to keep pushing who I am. Why do you think we send so much out for Mercy Seat Ministries? Because we want people to hear our name all the time. Whether they want us or not, they're going to keep hearing about us. Um, that's why I tell you at the table, for Forerunner School, one word, Forerunner, it says everything about who we are. It, it, it declares who we are. We are the John the Baptist. We are the ones that go into the storm. We are the ones that run out in front of everybody. So why do I tell you? Push the school like crazy. Because I'm because I'm not afraid. Never be afraid of your of overexposure. Number eleven. Realize your brand is not in competition with the church, but rather in competition with the outside noise. Meaning, I'm not in competition with other churches. I'm not. But I am in big competition with um the Masonic Lodge, with the local bar. Anything that can try to take the place of a church service, all those gatherings that don't represent Christ, I am in competition with them. I'm going to win. I'm going to win. I've made up my mind. Defeat is not an option. Number 12, your brand will take on a life of its own. Get out of the way and let it work for you. Your brand is going to grow bigger than you. Stuff's going to come to it and you're like, well, how did we start being that? Wow, that's awesome. Your brand should continue. It's a living being. Feed it. Let it eat. Um, be prepared to always defend your vision. People, believe it or not, will attack you for your vision. 
Somebody, I told the guys, you call it the arena, somebody's going to walk up and say, why would you call it a place where Christians died? And 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 one of the guys said, I said, because somebody's going to say that to you. Some history guy's going to walk up and say, why would you call it the arena? Christians died. Really? I don't think of Christians dying there. I, I think of Christians making a stand as the lions were facing them down. And they're being burned at the stake because they refuse to lay down. So be, def- be prepared to defend it. The summit. I was prepared to defend it. People said, well, your church isn't on a hill. I know. But our theme is we're on a mountain. All right, so follow me. Um, number 14, make sure your team always makes decisions that will bring honor and integrity to the brand. That's why I tell people. That's why I tell our folks, don't wear a Summit T-shirt if you're not representing God. Don't don't run around here and say you're a forerunner if you ain't representing. Don't say you're a forerunner if you don't walk in and the first thing you say to a pastor when you get to a church is we're here to serve. Because you don't represent my brand. My brand is somebody that does battle and serves. See what I'm saying? Protect. The brand. The brand is bigger than any individual. If the brand grows, then what you are is bigger than if I die. It goes farther. See what I'm saying? And with that, um, constantly look for avenues to increase the vision without desimplifying your vision. You should always let it grow. It's got to feed that monster. Uh, next, make sure your vision can carry the load of expectation. Don't over, don't over promise. Always, always over deliver under promise over deliver that should be your rule next make up your mind to not deviate from the plan this is who we are and until God changes our direction this is who we will be in other words guys it's real easy it's what Karen was talking about for someone to interrupt you why don't you start doing this Remember when we first got started, everybody wanted to start us, wanted us to do prison ministry. That's not my ministry. I'd tell them, you dream it, what do we always say to them? You dream it, we'll facilitate it. But don't tell me to start preaching every Sunday afternoon in prison, because that's not my calling. But I'll, but I'll let you do it. I'll even let you use our name. But in other words, I've got to make up my mind, I do what God's, if you keep it simple, stupid, keep it simple. Who are you? I was going to preach a word that was going to change lives. I was going to love every person in our church, and we were going to reach out to people in our city and love them. But every, it's everybody always wants to add to your vision till suddenly it gets top-heavy and you wonder why you've fallen over. Don't let anybody add to your vision. In other words, if their vision fits, it should be able to move as a cornerstone or a brick into your foundation. If it doesn't fit, you got to put it on top because foundation's already laid. If you put it on top, it gets too big, it's going to fall over. So you got to guard. And then lastly, your brand will define your next five to ten years and maybe longer. Can I tell you, let's quit playing catch-up. Have fun. This is your chance when you brand something to be at the helm of the boat. Make up your mind to lead a revolution. Let a history declare you didn't sit back, you never played second, but you desired to impact your world. Go global. What does the word global mean? The world in your backyard. Go global. Invade your world with the good news. So when you begin to think about branding, when you're laying that vision out to brand a vision, say to yourself, what do I want my epitaph to be on my tombstone? You know what my tombstone should say? Revolutionist. Because that's what I want to be. 
But I am not that yet, but I will be someday. So everything I do has to work towards that. Leading a revolution. I told somebody a while back, I said, I said I'm, not, I'm not a locomotive. Locomotive chugs along and it carries all the stuff and it gets there and it gets there eventually and and but it'll it'll carry all the boxes cars full of stuff and you know what I am what am what am I Ross I'm a what well not a steam train what I'm a high speed rail which is what you meant I'm a high speed rail I get people places and then we stop we get off for a minute we get back on. In other words, my vision will be high speed. That's who I am. I'm not carrying everybody's baggage, but some pastors are called to be locomotives. They just chug through the mountains. They're going to get there. And they can carry more weight than I can. So you got to know who you are and who you work with. Neither Both of them work, but I know who I am. And I'm telling you who Patty is. I am somebody that is getting there. We talked about that till midnight last night, didn't we? We're going somewhere.